You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you are looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, then you've tuned into the right podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus Show, and it's really cool to have you tuning in to what we've got for you today. In this episode, I'm talking to Becky about display advertising on the Google Ads platform, because this month is all about Google Ads here at Keep Optimizing. In today's episode, we're making the case for why you should be expanding beyond just keyword ads on Google into the world of display. We're also talking about why if you're only doing remarketing on the display side of things, you should expand beyond that. We're going to go through how you can expand it, the latest tricks, the latest tips, the newest tech that Google are making available to us, how you can make it work, what sort of results you should expect. We're getting into a lot. Now, before we meet our guest today, then please check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with Google Ads expert, Becky Hopkin. Becky is the owner and managing director of Digital Gearbox, a specialist pay-per-click agency originally founded and set up by none other than me. So yes, I know just how brilliant Becky is at Google Ads. Now, Becky's been in digital marketing and e-commerce for over a decade and has spent the last eight of those years helping businesses make the most of the latest Google Ads techniques. Hello, Becky. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm good. It's uh, it's great to be chatting with you and very cool that not only are we chatting, but we're recording this so other people can learn from it because usually we just chat offline, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. We've got the whole wide world listening. <laughs> if only. Uh, <laughs> only we could convince that many people to pay attention to their Google ads. But um, before we get into the the wonderful world of display and remarketing on Google ads, um, how did you get into Google ads? How did your journey start? So it really started with you, Chloe. I didn't um, I didn't have any Google Ads experience before I came over to you. And um, before that, I was actually doing email marketing, which is why I came over to kind of broaden my digital marketing knowledge. So I, I took a, an exciting opportunity to join your agency at the time. And uh, yeah, you, you had some lovely handbooks, which taught me everything and training videos. And ever since then, it's just kind of, been through experience and keeping up to date on all the all the Google stuff that they throw at us and all the new educational bits we've had to go through. Yeah, because one of the things you've done, um, and thank you for the flattery, always appreciated. <laughs> um, but one of the things you've done since you took over the agency is you've got a lot more closely aligned with Google and done a lot more learning from them, haven't you? Yeah, so we're a Google partner agency still. Um, that in itself has changed since you you were in the agency. It's, it doesn't actually account for as much as it used to. We get less handholding from Google, um, but I would say that their skill shop is kept more up to date. And 
yeah, we've just got a lot of clients doing a lot of different things. So kind of my experience over the last few years has really kind of snowballed and I've come across all different kinds of industries and accounts and uh, I wanted to share some of my learnings today. Excellent, because we're here to talk about something which back when when I was involved with the agency, if we saw someone doing display, (laughs) almost any display, bar a few remarketing tactics, one of the first things we do with a new client is turn it all off and massively improve their performance. (laughs) Yeah. But that was, was that three or four years ago? I think it was possibly even six years ago. It, I mean, yeah, it was a while, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it it does have a bit of a bad rep still associated with it. And I think, as you say, Google Display, it did. It looked like it dragged down performance, and that was quite because good old Google they would by default do the search network with Display turned on and bundle it all in one place. God bless them. And um, where where display has a much lower average click through rate and it's just skewed the data horribly. And I mean, you were setting up search campaigns, you weren't setting up display campaigns. So to put them in one place and manage them out of one single campaign, looking back is, is stupid. And they still actually give you the option to do that, but it's not by default now, thankfully. Yeah, because it, it's, it's now reached the point where, I say, because the tools evolve, because what what inventory I suppose they've got out there has evolved. It's now a great way to improve the performance of an e-commerce Google Ads account, isn't it? It certainly is. And I think when we go go into accounts, a lot of people, as you said, they are using it um, for remarketing purposes. So they get that it's useful for reminding people what they're interested in and getting people back to buy. But I think what's what's still very rare is people thinking about how they can utilise it to get someone's attention earlier on in the buying cycle. I mean, a lot of businesses, a lot of people we speak to are, are paying for Facebook ads, but they haven't even thought about how they can utilise Google to get people, um, get, get their ads in front of people before they even start searching. Now, now you've just used the F word. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the thing about, because we've kind of like display on Google fits into two quite distinct areas, which I would say are defined by the audience you're targeting. So you've got Mm -hmm. the remarketing, which is based on who's been to your website, who's on one of your own lists. And then you've got the display, which is a bit more like, and I'll use the Facebook um, kind of analogy again, which is a bit more like um, they're interested in X as a really broad tactic. Is that that an accurate way of still describing them? Um, I, I, Turn it, I've got two different uses of display. So yeah, you're you're quite right. There's kind of the certain types of people you can target, and that includes remarketing, so the people that have been to your website. But then there's a whole host of new audiences that you can define, similar to Facebook. So you've got affinity audiences. These are people who um, Google has defined into certain groupings like thrill seekers, foodies. You see it in your Google Analytics. You can see what affinities um, are going to your website already. Um, There's the in-market audiences. Um, These are consumers who are actively researching and considering buying products or services. Again, Google's created lists of in-market audiences. Um, And again, you can see that in your Google Analytics as well, I believe. But you can make your own audiences, which um, is kind of where it gets a little bit more exciting, Um, custom audiences. And with this, you can put your own keywords and URLs and apps related to the products that you sell. And Google Ads will show um, ads to people with interests in those products. Um, So you you don't have to rely on these 
uh, audiences that Google have created for you anymore. You can create your own custom audiences, which is very much like Facebook's interest targeting. But you've got so much more control because obviously Facebook cut back on the options that you have available over the last few years. Whereas with Google, you can input as many URLs and keywords as you like to give Google that information to reach the right people. So when you say um, you can target based on keywords and based on apps, is that literally if you're a bike shop, you could target people who have the Strava app? Yeah, it's a little bit broader than that. So you essentially is if they've got an interest. So it detects obviously what people have been searching for. So you could input Strava as a good example. It doesn't necessarily mean they've got the app. It's not as precise as that. Mm -hmm. But if they're showing an interest in Strava, then it can detect that and you can target people that you know are interested in exercise effectively. Because I guess to create these audiences for you, Google's using all their knowledge from uh, where people have been on the web, what they do on their Chrome account, what they've got on their apps account. They're kind of looking across all that data, aren't they? Yeah, but a lot of data. Um, so it's a really powerful way of reaching some really specific audiences that you create. I want to get into some some of the kind of like the details of some some great recommendations for people getting into this. But before we do that, I just want to kind of cover off and make sure people understand what we're really talking about. So we talked a bit about the audiences. Um, what sort of things are we putting in front of the audience? What do our ads look like and where are our ads appearing? So, yes, let's go back a step. So yeah, the, the, the 101 stuff. The 101. Um, so, yeah, the display network covers over 2 million websites. So it allows you to reach over 90% of people on the internet. Now, what again, going without mentioning the F word again, um, the benefit of display advertising is that you're not restricted by people's preferred social channels. So obviously, Facebook's got a slightly um, diminishing younger demographic now. You're not limited by whichever social channel you're choosing to advertise with a display. It's putting ads um, across the whole internet, wherever they might be looking for your goods. So that could be people browsing their favourite websites, that could be on a YouTube video, that includes Gmail, um, and it also includes mobile apps as well. Wow. Lots of places it can appear then. Yeah. So that's one of the real key benefits of display is the reach that you have. You're not just relying on people that are on Facebook or you're not just relying on people that are on Instagram. It's giving you the the internet, the power of the internet um, to reach people across all these spaces that people go on to where your target markets are. Excellent. And what do our ads look like? Are we talking image or text or yeah so there's two different ad formats there there are image banners um which kind of when people always say what is display advertising if you just say banner ads they're like ah oh, yeah i get it um so <laughs> it's not pop-ups just to clarify it's the banner ads that you see on other people's websites and you can upload kind of your standard static ads but you can also now create rich html5 um, animated ads which can be quite effective and then the other format is the responsive display ad which was previously known as the, the text display ad I believe um, and this is a, another area that's really come on in the last few years that makes display much more effective now because with the responsive display ads you can upload a variety of different assets um, into the Google Ads campaign manager, different headlines, different descriptions, and Google use their machine learning model to determine the optimal combination of these assets to make um, to put the best ads out for you, essentially. 
And typically we find that responsive display ads outperform um, image ads quite often because of that. You also get a much broader reach because these responsive ads will fit into any ad shape and space that's available out there. What's also new with responsive ads is that they can utilize video now. So this is something new just this year. You can upload a little video and if Google thinks that the performance will be better um, if they put a video out there, they will show a video as a part of that ad. And if you don't have video, if you upload enough assets, um, they will can also create, auto-create video for you, much like Facebook, again, I keep using the F word, um, <laughs> but it will do a little movable, um, if, you, if you allow it to, it can do a little dynamic kind of generated ad. So they look much better than they used to, and we're seeing performance improve as a result of that. So I'm guessing the, the responsive ads, they're both quicker and easier to set up from a manpower perspective, but they're also allowing Google to put what it thinks is going to be the best performing ad in each place. So you're kind of getting a bit of algorithm-based performance improvement too. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, for any business that you don't have a designer in-house, it's fantastic because you don't have to keep briefing a designer with to create the 19, 20 different ad sizes that you need for display. You just give it, like as I say, you upload a few images, different headlines, different descriptions, and Google will create something that looks very pretty for you now. And you can make changes so quickly as well because of that. It's not, you can make little tweaks and have them up within a few hours, which is really useful. Nice. Okay. Um, so I think we've, we've covered the 101 now, haven't we? So yeah. Um, what, what are your top tips? What's working right now for people? What's, what should we be testing? Um, certainly you should be testing some of these different audiences that I spoke about. So I mentioned the affinity, the market and the custom. Go back and think, um, well, if you're using Facebook, compare the audiences that you're doing there and think, can I do something similar on Google? Can I create an audience uh, for something that's working well for me on Facebook? There's also customer match, which I didn't mention earlier. So you can upload your email lists to target people as well. You didn't used to be able to do that on a display network. You now can. Um, obviously, depending on how you've opt got your list opted in, of course. And yeah, just give it a go. Kind of the biggest thing is just try display. Um, one of the real benefits, again, going back to display, is that it's such a cost-effective way to drive traffic to your website. Um, looking at the latest WordStream benchmarks, the average is 41 pence a click. And actually, we found last year that our average was 29 pence per click. And we have clients that are spending less than 10p a click. So you can drive a vast amount of traffic for a reasonably low cost, which is super important. If, you, if you've already got a remarketing campaign that works or an email funnel that works, this is a fantastic opportunity for you to drive traffic in a cost-effective way to fuel those funnels. Nice. Okay. And we've talked about quite a few good things to do. Mm. You mentioned one bad thing to do, which is to lump your keywords and your display together. Mm -hmm. um, Google does tend to have things hidden away that we need to remember to turn off or to turn on. <laughs> so are there any, any kind of key things we need to know before we get started just to make sure we're setting ourselves up for success? Oh, a good question. Um, there's no real sneaky settings anymore um, because the the responsive ads are kind of relying on Google's algorithms now. You're not worried so much about ad rotation or anything like that. You can limit the frequency, that's the word, um, but yet yeah, you can let Google 
optimize that again for you, which I'd recommend leaving on um, unless for any reason you feel that your ads are being pumped out there too often. But generally, Google's machine algorithms now are so smart that actually they do know best. One thing to consider is the bidding um, type that you use. So going back to Google's machine learning and automation, they will try and push you down um, a bidding method that is based on one of their machine learning things, um, typically cost per acquisition or target ROAS, which is fine if you've got the conversion data in your account already. But if you don't, you might want to keep it on a manual bid and keep it low just so you've got the control there. Because if your data, if the data isn't there, it's not going to have anything to optimise with. Uh, got you. So it's, it's going to learn from what's already happened to help you achieve that. Yeah. It doesn't start learning from day one. No, no. So you need the data in there to, to rely on those. But I would, I would always start with a manual bidding method anyway. And my tip would be actually to keep your bids low. We've actually found um, for a lot of clients that the, the more we increase the bids actually get less traffic than if you keep them low, which is very strange. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but often just the more we lower it, the more traffic we get. And as long as you've got a conversion rate happening, um, obviously the more traffic you get, the more conversions you can get. Now you said that, because I know people are screaming this at whatever they're listening on right now. Mm -hmm. um, you said that WordStream was saying the average was 41 pence per click. You've achieved 29 pence per click last year. Um, and you've just said keep the bids low. Yep. Does that mean just below those numbers or are we talking a five pence bid or a 10 pence bid or cents if you're somewhere in the world that isn't using pennies? <laughs> um, I would start off at kind of the benchmarks that I've mentioned and then just start to, to lower it as you get some sales or get, get some conversions in. So I wouldn't start too low, but I, would, I wouldn't go in thinking that you need to be bidding a pound or anything like that start low and then start to lower it as you get some traffic got you and historically these display campaigns have often been thought of as pure kind of top of funnel brand awareness don't worry about the conversion rates but we you've mentioned conversion rate cpa roas all those performance metrics that are tied to actually getting a sale yeah so is it now the case we should be aiming for these to directly drive sales yeah, I think if you've got your audience nailed, there's no reason why you can't use it to effectively get sales. It can drive sales. So we've had a client this year who's had £11,000 worth of direct sales from display for a, a ROAS just over free. Now, free is good, it's fine. Um, but what's very interesting is when you incorporate the view through sales. So this is people that have seen the ad but not clicked, but then gone on to buy. When we incorporate those figures, there was a further £22,000 worth of sale, giving us a ROAS just under 10. So you, you, can, um, you can get a return, a very nice return on display ads if you set it up right. But it's all about measuring it effectively so what I mean there is make sure you're considering what attribution model you've got set up for your conversion tracking by default Google sets up last click and obviously with display this is getting people to the website for the first time unless we're talking remarketing so quite often you might be spending money on display that you're not seeing any sales from but that's because you're not looking at it from a last click 
sorry, a first click attribution. So you want to be comparing attribution models and looking at how much your display advertising is contributing to your overall sales. Got you. So it's probably not a see the ad once, click on it, buy, but it's increasing the number of people who are getting the rest of your marketing material and also driving some people who have heard from you a couple of times and who then then will go and buy. Generally, yeah, but it can get direct sales, like I say, um, if you've got the right offer the right proposition um you can get direct sales but i wouldn't necessarily expect it i would always use it initially as a way to put people into your funnel nice um becky anything else we need to know about display ads before we go and start testing the only thing i kind of wanted to also mention was discovery ads kind of a sister of display ads Ooh, um, what are they they sound interesting <laughs> uh, so they're a new type of ad um, that allow you in google's words to share your brand story with people across google's feeds when they're open to discovering new products and services um, so it explains very little <laughs> it does um in human speak um it puts your ads across YouTube, Home and Watch Next Feeds um, and their Discover platform, which some people know of, other people don't. Um, but it's essentially just a new place you can go on to Google Discover to discover new things. And it also covers Gmail promotions. So Gmail ads um, are dying out. I don't know if people are aware of this. Um, they're moving into the Discovery ads instead. So if you've got Gmail ads set up, I think by July they will be... Um, migrated over into discovery ads anyway. Can I just say anyone who has got Gmail ads, congratulations on managing to work through the very complex process that is <laughs> setting up a Gmail ad. Yes. Um, they, yes. Well done. <laughs> it was an awful, awful process. So. <laughs> well, discovery ads makes it easier, you'll be pleased to know. Um, so, and one of the, the nice things about discovery ads is it's kind of an upgrade on the creative. So I mentioned already that responsive display ads have kind of had an upgrade. This is kind of a secondary update uh, upgrade because it allows you to do carousel ads, which obviously, again, going back to Facebook, a very popular and uh, ad type there. So if you've got multiple products, um, product images you want to put in front of people, you can now do that with a lovely carousel ad on a discovery ad. Funny, interesting you mentioned Facebook at that point because it strikes me that Google's kind of ring-fenced its own platform mm -hmm. in order to enable it to offer more that therefore it kind of like has got its ring-fenced Facebook area that is now discovery ads and then it's got all its ad inventory it's got on other people's websites that is display which will give it a lot more power because it's in control of the ad slots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you, you utilise the same audiences across both so you can utilise your remarketing list for discovery ads as well. Um, and you've got exactly the same um, choices in building your audiences. So you can just target people in a different way across the two different areas with different ad formats, essentially, which is very nice. And we're seeing some very good results from discovery ads. So um, again, just to give you an example of what's possible, one of our clients has had 18 grand worth of direct sales from discovery ads this year. Uh, with a 12.6% return on ad spend. So very nice stats um, if you mm. get it set up right. And if you've got, I mean, the main thing is getting your audiences nailed. My tip for discovery ads would be to start with remarketing, your remarketing audiences. Obviously the same with display. If you haven't got remarketing set up, get 
um, remarketing set up as a priority on the display network because this is people who are showing an interest in what you do and the products you've got to sell and it's an opportunity for you to stay in front of them and give them a reason to come back to you. Nice. I like it. I'm glad I asked you if there was anything else because that's a big <laughs> anything else. It is a big um, anything else. <laughs> it is. A very important one too. Well, look, Becky, we're now going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors and then we're going to talk about the wider world of Google Ads. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash masterplan. Okay, Becky, so far we've gone deep into display tactics. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of Google Ads. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with Google Ads, which of course does include display ads. Uh, Becky, you ready for these? I am. All right, let's start with Google Ads newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with Google Ads, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? So the number one thing is to know what your goal is and to make sure that you've got your account set up to measure if you're hitting that goal. Um, so you should be thinking about how much are you willing to pay per sale or what cost percentage of sale is going to be viable for you to do this. And then make sure that you set an appropriate budget based on this and the desired outcome. So what I mean by this is if, say, you're selling um, a pair of shoes and you're happy to pay up to £20 per sale and you're looking to grow your business by getting an extra 100 sales a month, Multiply those two figures together and that gives you a budget of £2,000 a month you should be prepared to put into your campaign to make it work. I like that. Know what you want to track, mm -hmm. work out how to track it and what looks like success. It's simple but so easily overlooked when there's a shiny new tool to get going with. Um, right, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimising. So what's your favourite way to improve Google Ads performance? So many favourite ways. Um, I'm going to cover two, if that's okay, Chloe. Um, you can have two. Let's have them. <laughs> thank you. So for anyone doing search and shopping ads, um, looking at your search terms regularly is an absolute must. So this is where you can see exactly what queries your ads are trigger triggering for. Now, the display equivalent for that is looking at what placements your ads are appearing on. So you'll see what YouTube videos, what websites... Um, and what mobile apps your ads are appearing on. And with both of these, you want to be reviewing the performance of those search terms and those placements against those targets that we spoke about um, just now and make the necessary adjustments to either reduce spend or remove the stuff that isn't working and also look at what is working and ways to boost it. So, for example, you see that you are your ads are appearing a lot for... I'm going to go back to shoes. Um, but you're seeing a lot of people searching for red shoes and you know that you don't stock any red shoes. So it's wasted spend 
sending people to the website who are looking for red shoes. So what you can do there is add the term red as a negative keyword to block further spend on that. And likewise with placements, if you see a lot of ad placements on a certain website that is costing money but isn't converting, you can just remove that placement so your display ads aren't showing there anymore. Such simple tools and it never fails to amaze me how many people don't know about them. So thank you for mentioning those. Um, Okay, if someone listening wants to learn more about Google Ads, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Again, I'm going to break the rules and name a couple if that's okay, Chloe. I'll do it quickly. (laughs) So long as they're helpful to the audience, we'll take a couple. So what's the first one? Um, So Google Skillshop. It's Google's own learning platform. It's where you can get certified if you so wish. Um, but they've got a really useful learning platform that's completely free that you can go through, take little modules and just learn all about search, shopping, display and, and just go in a, in a very modular way. Um, I'd also highly recommend that people read part two of e-commerce marketing by yourself, Chloe. Oh, thank um, you. Because I think it gives people kind of the fundamentals that they need to know as to why you should do it and how you should approach it. Um, So that's a really good place for people to start. And then for anyone that's already running PPC campaigns, they can listen to my own PPC Burrito podcast, um, which we always pack with one or two um, tips on how you can optimise your campaign every time. Lovely. I love that. Well, we will, those of you listening, um, we will add links to Becky's brilliant podcast, the Google Skills Shop and my book, uh, e-commerce marketing in the show notes. So you can get hold of all of those. And finally, Becky, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in Google ads? So my crystal ball is showing that we are preparing to say goodbye to third party cookies um, next year. Uh, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, my crystal ball is quite cloudy in this respect. Um, so, I mean, it may mean a shift back to focusing on targeting people via more contextual ways, which I didn't really mention earlier. We kind of focused on the audience side of um, targeting, but you can still target display ads at certain websites or websites that contain certain words. And with the third party um, cookie drop, it may mean that we actually have to go back to these kind of audience targeting. But I do believe that Google is working on some kind of sandbox to overcome cookie issues. But I know very little about this at the moment. And no matter how many times I search for information about this on the internet, there's very little out there. So in terms of getting ready for it, I think try different audiences um, if you're going to do display that are both um, contextual or kind of the audience driven ones. So you've got both options there and see if they can you can get them both working and then just keep your ear to the ground for more information from Google. Yes, it's um all the, the cookie issues, the iOS 14 issues and all of that. They're all a little bit at the moment. Uh, there's an awful lot of hot air. I think, yeah. being slightly brutal about it and not a lot of practical advice. And um, no. guys listening, as soon as, as I hear of some decent practical advice you can take, I will bring it to you. For now, though, as Becky says, learn in all areas, you know, find out the, the audiences in, in all those different sectors. So as you're ready for whatever happens and not starting from zero. But yeah, it'd be nice, nice to have a nice clear crystal ball on that one, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> It would. It would. Hurry up, Google. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, look, um, Becky, we are now very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Sure. So you can find our agency website, um, www.digitalgearbox.co.uk. We've just actually recently refreshed it. So it's nice and shiny and new. Um, you can also find us across the various social media channels at Digital Gearbox. And you can also find us as a part of Chloe's e-commerce master plan crew as well, um, where we've got a special offer where you can get a free consultation. Excellent. And where can they find your podcast if they if they're going, right, I need more Google ads. I'm going straight from this episode to Becky's podcast. Where do they find it? Uh, we're on all the popular streaming. So you can find us Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your favourite podcast um, player. Just search for the PPC Burrito. Simple as that. Well, look, Becky, it's been great hanging out with you. Um, it's always, always very cool becoming the student uh, of someone who you used to teach. So uh, I have learned a lot today, and I've got we've got quite a few things coming up at e-commerce master plan and keep optimising that I need to spend some ad money on. So I'm clearly about to go and lose a day to playing around <laughs> with my display ads, um, as I hope are many of our audience. So uh, so thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Chloe. As I said, it's always lovely to catch up with Becky and my, has she given us a whole load of different things we can get testing with our display. So if you're not already doing display on on Google ads, start off with those remarketing activity, which is the ads you're putting in front of people who've been to your website and reach different levels of the buying stage. If you're already doing some of that, then it's time to to expand into display and give discovery a go as well. And as she said, try the different audience methods too. You can get links to everything we discussed, the full transcript of this episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. As Becky mentioned, she's one of my marvellous crew of experts who are ready to help you improve your marketing. Now, you can find details of each of them and how to book a free chat with any of them via keepoptimizing.com forward slash crew. And if you have listened to all of that and you're going, I really want to try display, but I have no idea where to start why not take um, Becky up on her offer of a free consultation about your Google ads and find out what she recommends for you. You can look at your account on the call and work it all out from there. So do take her up on that because I know she's really keen to help you all. And another way we're going to help you, uh, because we are on our mission to help you improve your marketing, is that I've invited all of our Google Ads specialists to join us for a Q&A webinar at the end of this month. It's your chance to get your questions answered. So head to keepoptimizing.com and you'll find out how to sign up and when it's happening. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and like me, you're about to run off and uh, and look at what you can do with display and all those new things um, we just learned about, then, uh, then please do. But also check out the rest of our Google Google Ads month because that's what we're talking about for this episode. The one before and the next two is all about what you can do on that Google Ads platform to grow your business. Do please tell your fellow marketers about the show as well, because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their marketing. So if you know someone who's working on their Google Ads or who's trying to get more out of their Google Ads agency, then these are the episodes they need to be listening to. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.